the music on the bayou, the rage and Cajun, 1600 AM, KLEB, and 102.7 FM. And good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is play-by-play coming to you live on this Monday, the beginning of a new week. We hope everybody is enjoying the first day of their new week, and we've got a fun show coming your way today that will hopefully keep you guys abreast of everything that happened over the weekend. We'll give some thoughts and some reactions to all the madness that happened in the past weekend. Here on play-by-play, we've got Butch Terrio of Home of Christian. His Christian Warriors fell by a point in a hard-fought rivalry game against CCA on Friday. We'll chat with him about that in the next segment. Then at noon, we're talking college and pro football. We've got all sorts of things that happened over the weekend. That LSU gets a big win. Texas A&M and Notre Dame, not so much. Alabama struggles. We'll talk about all that. 12-15, Brian Colley, South Lafourche Athletic Director, will break down the Tarpons' struggles against Thibodeau High School and some other things happening out there. We've got W's and L's. I could do an entire 90 minutes of the show on W's and L's over the weekend. Then we've got betting picks, but we cannot wait. This will be a fun one. So get cozy. If you're sitting at your office chair, you know, kick the shoes off a little bit. You know, get that Excel spreadsheet out. Type away. But know that we're going to lose yourself over the next 90 minutes in some sports talk. We want to thank our sponsors, the Blue Boot Foundation, Southland Dodge, and Homa. Industrial power systems for all your engine and generator needs. Biz Power's our middle name. Do friend building materials got you covered for all your roofing needs. Buzz off the only all-natural mosquito control professionals providing guaranteed results. Rouse's Markets feels like home. Golden Motors, where price is priority, proudly supporting South Lafouche Athletics and Community Youth Sports Organizations. And a reminder, join us <clears throat> this coming Friday at South Lafouche High School for the Tarpons rival matchup with Central Lafouche. Pre-game begins around 6.30, kickoff at 7 o'clock on the dot. Our broadcast is sponsored by 3T Oil, Lady of the Sea General Hospital, State Bank and Trust Company, Advanced Eye Institute, State Farm Agent Ashley Barrios, Danos, Golden Motors, Dufresne Building Materials, Tanner McGee for Judge Court of Appeals, Thibodeau Regional Medical Center, Joe Septic Contractors, Terrebonne General Medical Center, Southland Dodge, Rouse's Markets, South Lafouche Bank, Rev, and Heather Hendricks, candidate for Lafouche Parish Judge Division A. So, let's talk. We're fresh off of week two of the local high school football season, and I told you on Friday's show that we were a couple of games into the weekend slate, but you had Wes Jefferson beating H.L. Bourgeois 24-20. to You had John F. Kennedy beating Terrebonne 16-13, to and we talked a little bit about those on Friday. But now, um, we also had some big matchups on the Friday slate itself beginning with the game that you were able to hear right here on KLEB 102.7 and 1600 AM, Thibodeau defeating South Lafouche 49-19. to couple of things. First, the Thibodeau offense is ridiculous. Coach Dugas said throughout the spring, like, look, I think our offense is going to be good. I think we'll be able to move the ball. I think we're going to be explosive. Um, cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. Uh, Luke Alamont, quarterback is a magician back there. He could run. He could throw. He's a very accurate passer, man. Like if And long passes, too. Like the high school kids, oh, they could complete, you know, little slants and hooks. And he's dropping it on the numbers from 35, 40 yards away on the move. Like he is 
a marvel back there. He is a college-level type talent back there. Someone's going to pick him up. He could really, really play, and he's an elite athlete. They get a big win over South Lafouche. Their offense shined bright. The Tarpons' defense didn't have any answers. Um, Didn't have any answers. The first half, Thibodeau only got stopped because they fumbled running in for a score, quite frankly. Alamo just kind of was moving the ball from his right hand to his left hand, dropped it on the turf. Tarpons recovered it. Um, South Lafouche's got to get better defensively. And I get it. They were overmatched athletically. Thibodeau had more size. Thibodeau had more speed, more um, quickness. But you still got to get better defensively. You've got to figure out ways to take better pursuit angles because some of the issues the Tarpons were making defensively involved that, taking the wrong angles. You've got to figure out how to keep the plays in front of you. Too many times Thibodeau receivers were getting behind you and taking the top off of the defense. Like All those little things, that's got to get cleaned up. And those will be the issues that Coach Bryce Gidry and BJ and all the whole staff out there will be trying to fix because guess what? You got Central Lafouche coming in. And if the instinct this week, and I don't think it's going to be, but if the instinct this week is going to be, <sighs> Central Lafouche is coming in. Man, it's going to be a you know week to get an easy one and get back on track. If that's the mindset going in, Central's coming down here and they're beating your ass and they're getting off their losing streak and they're going to you know win that rivalry matchup and, and knock you down on your home field. Because the next score on our scoreboard is Vanderbilt 36, Central Lafouche 25. I know Vanderbilt's pretty good. I don't know that they're going to be eight or nine win good like Tommy kind of said, Tommy Minton, their coach, said here on the show earlier this season as they've got a brutal month coming up here. they got to take on Bell Chase Lutcher, St. Charles Catholic. Um, I know Vanderbilt's going to be pretty good. And the fact that they couldn't decisively pull away from and run away from Central Lafouche is indicative and telling of the fact that Central's not bad. They've lost two. They lost to John Curtis. They lost to Vanderbilt. They're 0-2. They still are on a two-plus year losing streak, all that. That football team's getting better. They're coming down the Bayou Friday with eyes on winning this thing. And let me tell you, the way they've been playing, they're more than capable of doing it. So the Tarpons are going to have to play well Friday if they want to beat their parish rival because if you're losing 36-25 to to Vanderbilt, you ain't bad. And I got some eyes and ears and some folks who were at that game and said Central Fush was running with him throughout the game, was having some success, doing some things that they want to do. They are a much, much improved team. Country Day 30, Ellen, they're 14. Poor Jesse and the crew, man. They just are struggling out there right now. Country Day gets the win. The Patriots are struggling, and they're now 0-2 as Country Day gets a win out in the city. One of the games, that was the game of the night. McDonough 35 beats South Terrible 19-14. to was talking with Stan Grava on Saturday on the sports corner. Didn't realize the fact that McDonough 35 actually led this game 19 to nothing. And then South Terrebonne kind of figured out how to deal with the McDonough 35 speed a little better in the second half. They trimmed that deficit down to 19 to 14 and never could get any closer. But the Gators are now also 0-2 with a couple of hard-fought losses under their belts. I said this on Saturday, and I repeat it again for those who aren't listening. South Terrebonne is a team you don't want to play. You don't want to play because you don't know how many wins they're going to get, right? Because they're facing Hammond on Friday. That's going to be a tough one. They may fall on that one. They may be 0-3. But they're going to play hard. They've got some talent. They're going to get better as the year goes on. That's a team that could jump up and bite you 
And if they jump up and bite you and don't have very many wins, it becomes a costly defeat for you. So I think that they're a team that is going to be kind of the danger zone. You're going to have to play them, and you're going to have to play well to beat them. They're going to jump up and bite a few. They're going to win their three or four games, and it's going to be very difficult to withstand having that loss on your resume because of the lack of points you're going to get. One team that's not going to be a struggle or that's not going to have issues is EDY. They beat Hannon 38 to nothing. They're ridiculous. We've chronicled that here on the show. Defensively, they're mean and nasty. They do what they want. They run so well. They tackle so well. All the things that we continue to discuss, EDY is ridiculously good. And then now, oh, yeah, they could throw a little bit. Yeah, they run their triple option wing T stuff, but they could throw a little bit on top of that. Sternfels is developing some chemistry with LaFawn. You know, they bring in Malonson every once in a while on offense, and he adds some explosiveness. The E.D. White team is, you know, it's only week two, right? So to definitively say that someone is or is not at this point in the season is maybe a little premature. They're a state championship contender. They're a team that has everything that it takes to be right there at the end with an opportunity to perhaps either win the last game or be in position to be in the last game or make it to the semis or whatever it may be. That is a team that has the potential to win every single time they take the field. They beat up on Hannon 38 to nothing. They move towards a matchup with Assumption. That'll be a really fun test. Then CCA beats Homa Christian 15 to 14. Game that went back and forth. I was actually a little surprised. We had Cullen Mathern on Saturday morning. He's like, look, dude, we played awful. <laughs> um, you know, they get the win, but it was surprising to hear Coach say that, you know, he was not satisfied at all with the way his team played against Homa Christian, which is another one of those teams that just continues to get better. They now lost two straight games, and both of the games that they lost were very competitive and could have gone either way. So let's do this. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we're going to get to Butch for his coach's interview after the Warriors fall by a point against CCA. Then after we get to Butch, we're opening up Pandora's box. We're talking all kinds of professional college. There was a big college football weekend We'll break all that down. Big NFL weekend. Some crazy things happened. Our W's and L's will be pretty heavily into football this week. We're going to break down the week that was in the next couple of minutes. But first, Butch Terrio, Homer Christian. His team got a tough, tough week two loss against rival CCA. We'll ask him about that in the next segment of the show. It's play-by-play on KLEB. Hey, Mike Davis here. Looking for your next new vehicle? Come check us out at Golden Motors. Price is priority. Come place your very own order or choose what is in stock or coming in. Many 2022 Silverado trucks and SUVs to choose from. New vehicles are here on the way. Chevy, find new roads. And if you're looking for that slightly pre-owned or any make and model vehicle, we have it in our huge selection or don't see it, we can get it. Just stop by on the back road and cut off or call us at 985-325-1000. Did you or your loved ones go without this hurricane season? Well, this year, go with Industrial Power Systems, your only local power generation professional serving Lafourche for over 18 years. We offer sales, service, installation, and maintenance on all major brands of residential, commercial, industrial, and marine generators for the most trusted brands in the industry. Generac, Kohler, Briggs & Stratton, Cummins Onan, and many more. Industrial Power Systems. Power is our middle name. Call us today at 632-1692 or come see us on the back road in Galliano. Time is money. Don't waste both running around looking for filters, batteries, and belt sand related items. Fleet Supply Warehouse delivers. 
Fleet Supply offers daily scheduled delivery, including Bayou Lafourche, New Orleans, Morgan City, New Iberia, Lafayette, Thibodeau, Baton Rouge, the North Shore, plus the River Parishes, too. Automotive, lawn equipment, agricultural, marine, or industrial. Fleet Supply Warehouse, 985-868-0430. Venture Boulevard, Homa. Pesky mosquitoes, gnats, and all kinds of South Louisiana bugs taking over your yard? Have no fear, Buzz Off is here to save your summer. Buzz Off is the only locally owned pest control company focusing on your outdoor living space. They use 100% organic ingredients, safe to all humans and pets. Check us out on Facebook or book your appointment today at buzzoffnow.com. Need our cedar beaters now? Call 985-333-8989 today to take your lawn back. Buzz Off Mosquito Control, safe, effective, guaranteed. At Riley John's Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley John's Blue Boot Foundation. Want to become a certified babysitter? Terrebonne General Health System is excited to offer super sitter classes. Participants will learn first aid and CPR along with safety, business, and basic child care skills. Classes are for ages 11 to 15 and will be held at Terrebonne General. Upon completion of the program, students will receive a two-year American Red Cross Babysitter CPR first aid certification. Our summer sessions are about to kick off. For class schedules and prices or to register, call 985-850-6204 or visit tghealthsystem.com. One of the games of the night on our local Week 2 schedule was Homa Christian and CCA. It was CCA getting a 15-14 win over Homa Christian. And we actually have the Homa Christian Warriors coach, Coach Butch Terry, on the line now. Butch, good morning, man. How are you? Man, I'm doing good, man. Any day we could be here at school, man, that's a great day. No doubt about that. Your team comes up a little bit short, plays hard against a rival, has an opportunity to win late. Tell us about the way you guys competed. Man, I, I I couldn't ask any any more from my guys. I mean, we we went in the game, did our game plan, we executed what we had to execute. Man, we played our butts off. You know, at the end of the day, we looked at the scoreboard. We were one one short. You know, and uh, you know, as much as you you like to say, hey, you you got rewarded for the effort that you did. You know, it, the scoreboard shouldn't dictate that. But boy, it, it really hurt when we found out that we were on the bottom half of that scoreboard. Very emotional night, man. You guys are playing at home. You know, you're facing a rival. You guys are honoring a, a beautiful young lady who went to school there who's unfortunately no longer with us. And there was a lot of love and there was a lot of emotion in the air, man. What's it? That was your first time coaching in an environment like that on the football side as a head coach. What was that like, man? Man, it, it, it really was. It was a long week preparing for all that. Uh, just knowing that what was going to happen that night. We talked about it right before the game of, of what our team goals were and what. The first one was to radiate Reese. The other one was to play, play as hard as we could and, and to just give us an opportunity to win the football game at the end. And I thought, like I told our, our team and I told CCA's team, you know, on, on a Friday night, you know, when you're little and you're thinking about playing football, you know, this is the image that you have in your mind uh, of playing. And I just thought, man, what a great night it was, not only for Homer Christian School, but for CCA, the competition. You know, Casey, actually, this was the first home game that we had in about two years. And, boy, if we could open it up with, with that environment and radiating Reese, it was fantastic. And we, we had that true, true 
the identity of what Friday Night Lights for high school was supposed to be about. Boy, and I just so great to be part of that. Beautiful. And, and look, we had Cullen um, Mathern on Saturday, and he said, look, man, like I didn't think that we played as well as we could have. But then he also prefaced and said, hey, you guys were part of the reason for that because you guys were playing well and we're doing some things to limit them. How were you guys able to take away some of their skilled playmakers, man? Well, we, we, we just we, we lined up uh, like like athlete against athlete. We, we thought that our athletes could, could really compete against theirs. We knew that we had to stay disciplined in our approach. And, and, man, we watched a lot of film. We prepared a lot. We had, you know, just assignments that we had to cover, and we actually did that all game. So we were proud of the way our guys did it. Uh, one of our main goals was, hey, take away the big plays. And I said that's the only way I thought that they could beat us. And, man, we gave up two huge big plays. And, and you know, that's 14 points. Well, actually 15 by the end of the day. but And that, that's where it was. But, man, I just couldn't ask for a better effort than our guys. So how'd that go? I mean, obviously you guys both scored two touchdowns. Did they go for? I mean, they had to have gone for two, right? How how'd that go about? Well, to, to be honest, Casey, you know, like like I said, uh, I've told y'all before that you know by trade I'm a baseball coach, and, and I think Friday night kind of showed my my true inexperience as a football coach. We had the ball at the six yard line with three seconds left at the end of the first half, and, and you know, just I got caught up in the motion, got caught up in the game, and decided not to kick that field goal. And actually, the same thing came true when we scored that second touchdown where, you know, the paper says, hey, go for two. But, you know, I didn't want to chase that point all night. So we just went ahead and kicked it. Okay. I, I see. Um, so that was kind of the next question that I was going to ask you, my friend, is that, okay, you know, you don't hide it. You know, you're a baseball guy by trade. You're, you're doing the football stuff and you're learning as you go and you got some experienced staff members. When it's a close, hard-fought, one-point game in the fourth quarter, how much are you leaning on on those other guys that are with you? And, you know, how much are you, you know, making the decisions on your, like, it's got to be a total team effort as a staff, right? Oh, absolutely. It goes all the way uh, from the manager to the head coach on getting a total game plan, getting everybody on the same page and doing the things. But, you know, at the end of the day, man, I'm the CEO of the company. You know, I need to get better. I told our guys this one's on me. I mean, it's a shame that, that we came down to that. And who knows if we would have made it or not made it or whatever it is, but, you know, as a football coach, guy, not guys, I will always, you know, I told them, I, I've, I've never won a, fo- a football game or a baseball game, but, boy, I lost a lot of them. And, and I definitely take credit for, for not um, having our team go and kick that field goal and put the loss on my shoulders. Well, it's big of you to do that. But like you said, man, you never know how the game would have played out. So don't be too, too hard on yourself, man. What you guys got <laughs> next week, uh, give us a rundown of the opponent and what are some of the things you guys are going to be working on in practice and everything. Well, to be honest with you, I think we're going to play ourselves. You know, I think, I think the way we looked at film is a mirror image of what, what two, you know, double-A schools or, or low, uh, high single-A, low double-A schools going to compete against each other. You know, you got your athletes that you got, and, you know, your numbers ain't that big. So I think we're just going to see a carbon copy of what we got, what we practice against every day. We're just going to go out, roll the dice, and see what, see what it entails. Two weeks in a row, your defense plays really well, Coach, and you're know, limiting some some teams that have some explosive players. Um, shout out some of those boys, man. Who are some of the kids that are making a difference on that side? Oh, well, we, uh, man, it all starts, you know, with the leader on that defense, and that, that's our number four right there in the middle, uh, Mike Akali. And, and, man, he, he's getting these guys to rally around him. But one of the big differences that we've done in the last two years uh, this year is, man, we just swarm around that football. It doesn't matter. If it's a 20-yard run, a loss, or a loss of five, you know, our deal is, hey, go find a football, make a play, never know what's going to happen. And I think they got that mentality, hey, you know, if, if we we pretty good. And I think if we lined up head-to-head, we could do that. Man, if we 
to be honest with you, Casey, we had more guys, but that defense could stay fresh on the field all game long. Oh, man, the skies would be the limit with this football team. But, you know, we're not in that shape. But, man, they rally around him, our linebackers, you know, our defensive guys. It's it's a big rotation down in, in the uh, in the trenches down there, so we got to keep everybody fresh. But the leader of that group, you know, Jacob Baumland's a senior, kind of gets them going. Also, uh, Michael Colley, he's the, the heart and soul of what we got to do. So I know that you guys are much better and are making strides. You know that you guys are much better and are making strides. How important is it now here in the next couple weeks to win one, man? Because until – the kids actually taste that victory, man. They don't like losing, bro. They, they don't like losing close games. How important is it to actually get one under your belt here? Man, I was just talking about that to administration today, man. They're telling me, patting me on the back, said, man, what a great job. The culture's changing. All this thing that's going on, we're so proud. We're so proud of the team. And I keep telling the same thing, but I think, that, man, we, we got to win one. Man, you, you, it's like you go on a birthday party and you didn't get a gift. You know, it's just like. We, we, we putting in the work, we putting in the effort, and they just, hey, where's the reward? And I can tell them all day, you know, till I'm blue in the face. But man, I'm so proud of them. Their heart is just huge. They're not last year's team. They're not the team of the past. We're doing everything right. But they, they always look at me and say, but, Coach, we're 0-2. I said, you know, I understand that. I said, but, you know, I think down the road this season, you know, I still believe that we could fight and compete for a district championship. I think these are the building blocks that we could build on. But, boy, it sure would be nice if we get one on that win column and, and show that everything that we do is worth it. So let's talk about all the drama, bro. The LHSA has released who's going to be going where and what it's all going to look like. And we had probably about four or five coaches on Saturday. I, I And I, I told this story. We had a private school 1A coach. We had a private school 3A coach. We had a public school 4A coach. And we had a public school 5A coach. So that's the whole spectrum, 1A through 5A, public and private. All four coaches yeah. hated it. What are your thoughts as you're seeing the plans released? Well, the, the the fan really didn't affect us too much. The way our enrollment falls, that we would have been right there anyway. Uh, there was talk before that they were on the on the on the private side that they were going to go with three divisions, which would have put us as a very very strong division three team. We would have been a high enrollment on, but they went to the four. So when they went to the four, that kind of kept us the same. But boy, I feel sorry for you boys at South Terrebonne and South Lafayette. <laughs> Y'all got to go in and play off against them five A schools. You know, pretty much for us, it, we, it pretty much just stayed where we are uh, already. Am I in favor of it? No, I really wish we could all get back together and do the same thing and line up head-to-head and see who's actually the best, you know. But, uh, I mean, we like, like I always say, my daddy always told me, he says, Butch, when they got rules, you got to follow them, and you just got to go. But when they ain't no rules, then you can do what you want. But as if they got rules, you just got to sit, swallow them, and follow them. So we're just going to line it up the best we can, and let's, you know, at the end of the day, I, we don't know who's in front of us, but, hey, let's go out and play. You know, it's crazy because, you know, you mentioned South Lafourche and South Terrible, and they'll be in classifications with, like, Santamont, who has 2,500 kids. South Lafourche and South Terrible yeah. have 1,000. That would be like yeah. if you guys were in the same classification as HL Bourgeois. Not to say you couldn't compete, exactly but it would be right. a huge yeah. competitive disadvantage. Yeah, so, so, like, you know, like when, when you ask me that question, I'm like, you know, I, you know, I do feel bad for y'all, but I'm kind of happy where we at, but I know it's not right. I know that this, the system's kind of broken. Um, uh, but you know that that you're exactly right. Us going to play against four A uh, or, or very very high three A schools when we just a double A school, it just doesn't make sense for the whole thing. And I was just talking to some administration. You know, I, some things I wonder what's kind of going through their head. Sometimes I, I guess they have a reason, you know, but uh, <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. No, it's crazy, bro. Well, look, man, we thank you so much for the time. Y'all keep up the good work. Y'all go get y'all one on Friday, okay, bro? We're gonna get one, man. I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Yep, that is Coach but- Butch Terrio with. Homer Christian doing a wonderful job. They are making some strides, bro. They're going to they're gonna get one here coming up soon.
I could do a whole show on the stupidity of the Friday ruling from the LHSA, but there's other stuff that I want to talk about today. There's more college and pro that I want to talk about today. We will get, I promise, we will get to the LHSA stuff later in the week because do I ever have things to say? And coincidentally enough, like throughout the week, you guys are going to hear this too. The coaches in the area have some stuff to say too. Usually the coaches are more reserved and they'll try to play nice when they're on the radio show and they don't want to alienate people because they know that their school board superintendent is listening and their job may be at stake based on what they say um, because that's happened before, right? Um, But all jokes aside, those coaches are angry. Those school administrators are angry and they have every reason to be angry, right? Because by and large, a lot of the schools weren't notified. A lot of the ADs weren't notified. A lot of the principals weren't notified. I spoke to probably seven or eight coaches and ADs around the area on Friday who found out about what the LHSA was doing in my newspaper story on the Gazette. There's not a lot of transparency. There's not a lot of, oh, hell, I'll say it. There's not a whole lot of thought that was put into that plan because if there were, that plan would have never been put out. And everybody's uncomfortable, everybody's disgruntled, and no one trusts what's going to be going forward. And I just don't know how you could have an athletic association governing over an entire state that none of the member schools trust. We've had coaches come on the show and say that. Heck, retired coach Larry Dotruff, and I'll mention his name because he's retired, he doesn't have anything to lose. He said he wouldn't let the association rule a zoo. No, he said the association is a zoo. He said that the association is corrupt. We've had other coaches come on here, and I won't mention them by name, but you could go find them in the archives who said they don't trust the association. They don't know how this is going. They don't believe what Mr. Bonine, the commissioner or executive director, is saying. That's not a good place to be. This is going to be something that's going to be ongoing. It's going to last. What they're putting in place on Friday is going to last through the semester. And then after the semester, when they have their annual convention in January, it is going to be like an episode of the Jerry Springer show. You're going to have people throwing chairs. You're going to have people not literally throwing chairs. You know what I mean. But there's going to be a lot of emotions. People are going to be angry. People are going to be upset. There are going to be a lot of yelling and a lot of screaming. This is going to be an interesting time in the, in the history of our state high school athletic association because everyone is disgruntled and no one knows where we're going from here. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we'll talk a little NFL and maybe some college as well. A lot happened, bro. Saints get a big comeback win. The Bengals and Steelers play a crazy game. We got a tie. My Cowboys look the mess. We'll break all that down in the next segment. It's play-by-play on KLEB. It's Ram Power Days at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat and Homa. Not only can you get a great deal on a Ram, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks and vans. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business with Ram's long-lasting new pickups of their efficient new Ram work vans. Choosing the right one should be easy. Whether you need a truck for work or home life, the Ram will do its job. Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Hello, friends. Friends and family, Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne building materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dufresne Easy Buy? 
Come see us at DoFriendLumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the DoFriend difference. Some people just have a knack for being there when you need them the most. Like your third grade classmate who sticks up for you against that bully. The neighbor who gives you a jump start. And the friend who chases away that flock of geese at your outdoor wedding. Your state farm agent has your back too. Through good times and the not so good. And who's got your agents back? State Farm, the company people have trusted for more than 90 years. We're here to help life go right. Call State Farm agent Ashley Barrios and cut off today at 985-632-0988. When you order curbside pickup on the new Rouse's shopping app, you pay the same price for groceries as in-store. And you get free pickup on all orders, $35 or more. Download the new Rouse's shopping app on the App Store or get it on Google Play. Place your order, choose your curbside pickup time, and your Rouse's Market's personal shopper will shop your order for you. And load your groceries into your car. It's just that easy. Rouse's Market. It feels like home. Lady of the Sea Community Pharmacy staff are trained in finding the lowest cost available on your medication. Stop by with your prescriptions or medicine bottles and let one of us review your options with you. With two convenient locations to serve you, we're located in Rouse's Supermarket, Highway 3235 in La Rose, or at Lady of the Sea Medical Clinic in Cutoff. Our staff available Monday through Friday from 8.30 a.m. to 7 p.m. and Saturdays 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. We treat you like family at Lady of the Sea. At Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation. a fun weekend man there's just nothing like football season it is play-by-play on KLEB we've recapped a lot of the Friday action now let's talk about Saturday and Sunday the New Orleans Saints get a 27 to 26 win over the Atlanta Falcons um taking one from the jaws of defeat yesterday they didn't play well for the first three quarters they were quite frankly getting their butts kicked for the first three quarters Atlanta was moving the ball effectively was having some success New Orleans entered the fourth quarter down 23 to 10. The Falcons add a field goal. It's 26 to 10. Atlanta had opportunities to kind of snatch the game away, and then the Saints offense just came to life. A couple of things. I mean, on the negative side, New Orleans has to figure out, are we the team that we play that played the first three quarters, or are we the team that played the fourth quarter? Likely somewhere in between, right? Um, but they're going to have to figure that out. Another thing they're going to have to figure out, like their defense, which is supposed to be this dynamic and top five defense, like they didn't play well yesterday. Atlanta was running the ball pretty comfortably. 201 rush yards. Cordero Patterson goes for 120. Mariota 72. 
Atlanta also had success throwing the ball. Mariota was 20 of 33, 215. Saints defense allowed more than 400 yards against an Atlanta offense that, frankly, is not expected to be very good. The Saints took Kyle Pitts away. He had two catches for 19. That was impressive. Um, but they didn't take a whole lot else away. So that'll be something that New Orleans will have to figure out is we're supposed to be a, a big, you know, badass defense. And if, and if you're not one, then it changes everybody's outlook on what New Orleans actually is. Flip side to that, the Saints got some issues on their offensive line, y'all. A, and this was a theme in the preseason, they again really couldn't run the ball a whole lot. And they really didn't even, frankly, make that much of an effort, right? Outside of the Taysom Hill 57-yard touchdown run, they didn't have a whole lot of success trying to run it. And B, Jameis Winston took some sacks. He was getting beat up, took some bad sacks. They're going to have to fix some of those issues up front. Now, the positive, I'm not, I'm not just going to say all negative, right? The positive, Jarvis Landry's a ball player. Michael Thomas in the second half, once he started to trust the leg and the hamstring, like he just brings the level of competitiveness that the Saints were, were was missing, right? You know, the two touchdowns and he's fierce and he's competing and he's going like, he just brings a level of competitiveness that they were missing. Olave looked pretty good at times. Um, Winston made the throws late that he needed to make. So, New Orleans did what they had to do to win, but I think everybody knows it's got to be better than this because if you're falling behind 26-10 to 10 against Atlanta, that's not a good sign. Atlanta may only win three or four games all year. <clears throat> Dennis Allen said as much after the game. He said, look, you know, we may have won, and hey, we're happy about that, but we're not going to win very many more if we don't play better. And those were kind of my thoughts as well as the Saints take care of business and get the one-point win. Now, around the rest of the NFL um, – Whew, we learned a lot yesterday. I said throughout the offseason that I thought the Chiefs were a sleeper. Team nobody's talking about, right? Team that, you know, hey, they lose Tyreek Hill, and you know, maybe their skill guys are getting a little older, and you know, maybe we should write these guys off. I said it then. I say it now. That's preposterous. That's dumb. That, that ain't going to be how that plays out. They beat the hell out of the Cardinals yesterday, 44-21. to 21. Mahomes looked out of this world good, 30-39, of 39, five touchdowns, zero interceptions. Um, fantasy football nerds, uh, they are kind of sharing Clyde Edwards-Elair with this other guy, Isaiah Pancho or Panchico, whatever his name is. 12 carries, 62 yards yesterday for him. He was a late-round draft picked out of Rutgers. He looks good. He looks good. He's going to start taking some more cash from Edwards Hilaire. He may just become their lead guy before the year ends, fantasy football nerds. He may be one to pick up. Juju Smith-Schuster replacing Tyreek Hill in that offense. He wasn't Tyreek Hill, right? But he had six grabs for 79 yards. Now, he did have a fumbling issue. He put a couple of them on the ground. We'll see if that affects him. Kelsey was still great, 8 for 121. The Cardinals just got beat up on. That was a theme throughout the day, is that the NFC is a mess. The NFC is a big, hot, steaming mess. Go back to Thursday. The Rams get their butts kicked by the Bills, okay? Then yesterday, okay, the the uh, Commanders, they win by six against the Jaguars. That ain't impressive. Uh, they're a team that some say is maybe a sleeper in the East. The 49ers, the team that made it to the NFC Championship game, they're breaking in a new quarterback. No more Jimmy G, right? Trey Lance is the dude now. He was 13 of 28, a buck 64, throwing with an interception. All he wants to do is run. 54 rushing yards, 13 attempts. The 49ers offense looked awful. They lose against the Bears. Uh, the Panthers, 
lose against the Watsonless Browns. The Eagles, yeah, they scored 38. They were explosive, blah, 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 blah. They had a big lead. They almost blew it all to Detroit. There's not a whole lot in the NFC to ride home about. Green Bay, another sleeper sexy pick to maybe win. Well, not sleeper pick, right? I mean, they're one of the favorites to win the NFC, right? They get blasted by Minnesota, 23-7. to Rodgers doesn't look good. They don't have any weapons on the edges. They get rid of you know some of their guys. They didn't look any good. My Cowboys get blasted by Tampa Bay, 19-3. to Prescott, again, same thing, doesn't have any weapons, and now he's hurt, and it's a mess. Tampa Bay, I think, is probably the lead dog, but even they had issues last night, right? Yeah, they win 19-3, and they dominated the game. They got to the red zone. They were living in the red zone throughout the game and just had to keep kicking field goal after field goal after field goal. That wasn't pretty either on their end. So the NFC after week one is a big, hot, steaming pile of trash. And I think all of the top contenders, Buffalo looked great. Baltimore looked pretty good, though. You guys know my concerns there. Um, They looked pretty good, though. The Chargers looked really good. The Chiefs looked really good. Y'all, I got to say this. If the Chargers could figure out ways to stop giving games away but it's like how many times in the last few years have the Chargers been up and look it's not as bad as Atlanta Atlanta blows like 21 point leads but how many times are the Chargers up by like five or by nine and like they figure out ways to lose it late if they could just start closing out they're going to be incredible as y'all Justin Herbert is, is, is ridiculous 26 of 34 yesterday 279 three touchdowns no interceptions against a Vegas team that's not projected to be bad. They're ridiculous. Herbert had a huge day in that win. Uh, so a lot of the big dogs look like they're in the AFC. The NFC look like looks like they're way, way, way far behind. Another NFL note. We've got to fix this overtime stuff. We had a tie yesterday. The Colts and the Texans tied 20 apiece. Actually, kudos to the Colts for coming all the way back. They were losing 20-3. to at the end of the third quarter, and then they get back. How's that for irony, right? That For the last decade, Matt Ryan has been part of, hey, we're winning by 17, and then we blow it. Then yesterday in his first game, not as a Falcon, he's losing 20-3, to leads his team all the way back, forces overtime, and then it ends up being a tie. Uh, but that little petty joke aside, we've got to fix this overtime stuff because we had a tie yesterday. We almost, and probably, quite frankly, if the Bengals would have managed the clock a little bit better, would have had another tie yesterday in that game with Pittsburgh getting a 23-20 win over Cincinnati. Um, No one wants to see ties. A, it messes up the standings. The standings look ugly. B, it's just anticlimactic. You're watching something for three hours. You want to see a winner. C, this isn't soccer, y'all. We... that's a soccer thing. That's a hockey thing. And even even it's not even a hockey thing anymore because now they put shootouts in to decide winners. The American culture doesn't want ties. The American culture wants someone definitively winning, someone definitively losing, so that we could panic and overreact about it on radio shows like this and on social media and on Twitter and everywhere in between. So I don't know how to fix it, and obviously it won't get fixed this season, but we've got to figure out a way to crown decisive winners and losers in these games because no one wants to see these overtime games and in neither team winning and it both being a tie. At the end of the day, it feels like both teams lost. Tonight, you got Denver and Seattle. The mighty Broncos with Russell Wilson will be traveling to take on Seattle. Very ironic 
uh, opening game. The Broncos are a big favorite. It's on ESPN. I'm looking to see Denver pile it on. I think the Broncos are going to put it on them pretty good last night. That'll actually be a betting pick, Denver minus six and a half. It feels like um, yesterday one of my big betting picks was Baltimore minus six and a half over the Jets. I just didn't think that the Jets could score. That feels like the same situation, right? Like, I don't know how much Russell Wilson and Denver are going to score, but when you're a six and a half point favorite and you don't think the other team's going to score but seven to 10, like, then you'd start doing the math all. Oh, do I think they could get to 20? Yeah, I do. And then in which case, obviously, it'd be a cover. So I think the Broncos are going to take care of business, um, but they better look good. They better look good because, as I said earlier in the segment, you got a lot of AFC teams this week Buffalo. Even Miami in stretches, Baltimore, the Steelers with the way they defended showed they're going to be tough. I don't think Cincinnati's going to be very good. I'm kind of down on them, and it has more to do than the week one loss. I just think in general, some of the stuff they were doing last year was kind of smoke and mirrors. I wasn't altogether hugely surprised to see that result, but there are a lot of mean, mean animals roaming in that AFC, and I think they are clearly, clearly the better conference. Uh, which is good news for the Saints to tie it all back full circle as we started talking to New Orleans is that, hey, if the NFC's down, there's opportunities to get wild card spots if you don't win the division. And then, hey, there's maybe even an opportunity if you do win the division of uh, getting a, a higher seed and getting an opportunity to to really make some things happen. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we're going to Brian Colley, South LaFouche High School Athletic Director. It's play-by-play after Coach Colley. We'll get our W's and L's. That's where we'll really talk a lot of college football in that segment of the show. Stick around. We'll be right back after this. KLEB, 1600 AM and K274DE, 102.7 FM, Golden Meadow. The French Connection, the all-new Raging Cajun, 102.7 FM. Hey, Mike Davis here. Looking for your next new vehicle? Come check us out at Golden Motors. Price is priority. Come place your very own order or choose what is in stock or coming in. Many 2022 Silverado trucks and SUVs to choose from. New vehicles are here on the way. Chevy, find new roads. And if you're looking for that slightly pre-owned or any make and model vehicle, we have it in our huge selection or don't see it, we can get it. Just stop by on the back road and cut off or call us at 985-325-1000. Looking to achieve a healthier lifestyle but have little time? The Terrebonne General Executive Health Program can improve your overall health for a lifetime in one visit. With little to no waiting, you get a whole year of wellness in one convenient location. Our preventative screenings increase your well-being by providing early detection against illness. With exceptional VIP service, you leave with a plan in hand to achieve a healthier lifestyle tailored for you. Call the Terrebonne General Executive Health Team at 985-850-6204 today. Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne Building Materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dufresne Easy Buy? Come see us at dufresnelumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the do-friend difference. Did you or your loved ones go without this hurricane season? Well, this year, go with Industrial Power Systems, your only local power generation professional serving LaFouche for over 18 years. We offer sales, service, installation, and maintenance on all major brands of residential, commercial, industrial, and marine generators for the most trusted brands in the industry. Generac, Kohler, Briggs & Stratton, Cummins Onan, and many more. Industrial Power Systems. Power is our middle name. Call us today at 632-1692 or come see us on the back road in Galliano. 
As a leader in the oil and gas industry, Joe's Septic Contractors caters to oil field clients offering vacuum truck service for offshore tanks, vessels, or treatment plants containing sewage or gray water. Their rental department offers state-of-the-art offshore portable toilets, also holding tank rentals and portable hand-washing stations. Call Joe's Septic Contractors 24-7-985-632-5592. In Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fushaw, Abbeville, and Reserve, or visit their website at joesseptic at viscom.net. Thibodeau Regional, again acknowledged for delivering an outstanding patient experience by health grades. While we may be the recipient of the award, our patients are the real winners because you can have confidence in the quality of care you'll receive. Thibodeau Regional Health System, proud to be among the top 10% of hospitals in the nation and the only hospital in Louisiana recognized by health grades for providing an outstanding patient experience 14 years in a row. Welcome back to Play by Play here on KLEB. Casey Jiskler here, joined now, as always, every Monday by South Lafouche High School Athletic Director Coach Brian Colley, who's on with us now. Coach, good afternoon, man. How are you? Good afternoon, Casey. Doing well. Hope you're doing well. Yep, we are, buddy. Um, Tarpons had a tough one on Friday against Thibodeau. Had a hard time slowing them down. Had a hard time limiting some of the self-inflicted mistakes. And it goes the way of the Tigers. Coach, what were some of the things that you were seeing as you were watching the two parish rivals to compete? Well, first of all, they ran into a pretty good football team. I think uh, Thibodeau was well prepared. Uh, they came out, they started fast, and that's what they, you know, a lot of teams you want to do, you want to start fast. They started fast, and Torpen had a little bit of trouble in that first uh, first quarter with, uh, you know, with the snaps, missing some time off, I believe, and they regrouped and settled down in the second half and played much better, but uh, it's just a little bit too late. You can't let Thibodeau jump out in a big lead like that and uh, expect to you know, come back on those guys. Thibodeau has so much speed and so much talent and athleticism. And look, it's more than just speed, talent, and athleticism. Coach Dugas got them in the right positions. And they've also got a quarterback who could really play. I think Roderick might be the best quarterback in our area. He plays with his arm. He plays with his legs. He's always cool and, and comfortable in the pocket. He has really grown. We saw him as a 10th grader. And he, he played well, but he was mostly just a runner. He wasn't all that comfortable throwing it. He has grown and blossomed, and he has gotten so, so much better. Yeah, well, that, that's changed now. He looks to pass first because he had times where he could have just tucked it and ran, but he, uh, he he looks to pass the ball first, and he just he was on point. He threw one of these passes that, I mean, right on the money, put it right in his receiver's hands, and uh, their timing it was, uh, was on point on Friday night. And, you know, they run some of that quarterback reads with him, and he does a great job of riding that, that back until the last second. And he reads that defense, and he makes the right reads and, you know, positive yards. And uh, it was just tough on Friday night. But, you know, uh, you got to give it top and some credit. They didn't uh, give up. They kept playing hard and made some things happen a little bit in that second half. Now, B.J. Young came on the Sports Corner Saturday and basically <laughs> issued a warning. And it's the same warning that I you know, said earlier in the show is that if you think that Friday's game, because Central Lafouche hasn't won a game in two-plus years, like if you think that this is going to be an LSU-Southern blowout, you're woefully mistaken. The Trojans are much better. They competed with Vanderbilt very closely on Friday. Vanderbilt's a team that's expected to be very solid. This is a, a hungry team. They would love nothing more than to get their first win against a rival. This is going to be a four-quarter, very competitive game on Friday night. 
Uh, yes, it will. And the first thing when you speak of Central Force, you have to give uh, Shelly Vedros tons of credit because he uh, he took this team that you know where you get three coaches in one year and pretty much the attitude and the community and you know on the team and was uh, not where it needed to be. But they uh, he regrouped and he got these kids and playing hard and you know just watching a little bit of film on them. They they play hard. Regardless of the score, for four quarters, they're going to come in and they're going to battle. Yeah, no doubt about that. And on the flip side to that, though, um, you know, South Lafouche is in a good spot, too. They, you know, offensively very sound. If they could clean up some of those mistakes, they've been scoring on everybody. Uh, Coach Bryce and his crew defensively got a big week ahead, man. Because, look, they've been making some mistakes and, you know, tackling issues. I'm curious to see how they try to bounce back. I know Coach Bryce loved those, loves those guys. He ain't going to give up on them. I want to see that group have a big showing on Friday. Yeah, and look, uh, and it started the second half of the Thibodeau game. They did play better in the second half. Uh, and the big thing for, you know, I think the Tarpon defense is not to give up the big play. That's what, uh, you know, hurts us a lot. And in the second half, they made Thibodeau work for everything they got. There was no big plays. And, uh, you know, if they can keep that up, I think, uh, you know, they can do a good job. But Central has uh, a special back in their backfield. That's uh, that's pretty darn good. He makes people miss. I kind of one time, he he broke like five tackles, and it, the people were right there. The defense was right there to make the tackle, and he just juked them out and five different times on that one play. And he's a a very special football player. Very interesting. Um, look, a weekend has now passed since the news broke on Friday, and look, we had four coaches on the Sports Corner Saturday. They all said, "Hey, I don't know what the hell's going on." We had you on uh, Friday night. You said, hey, I don't know what the hell's going on. I had Butch Terrio on earlier in the last segment. He said, hey, man, this ain't right. We shouldn't be doing this. So now that you've had a weekend to speak to some people, text some people, formulate your thoughts, get your opinions, maybe speak with Miss Lagarde, what the heck is going on, man? Yeah, we, uh, <laughs> we don't know. I mean, it's still it, it's still a mess, and I uh, spoke with Mr. Gard a little bit, uh, you know, this morning. We're going to, uh, you know, I'm sure someone will come up and, and put a proposal in, in January, but uh, I, I mean, I'm not 100% sure on this. I need to look it up. But I think they got a deadline where you um, you have to set your proposals. Like if you want to change a bylaw in Jan the January convention, you have to set it by a certain date. And I think that date may have come and passed. Of course. So, <laughs> and, and if it is, it's like uh, it's well planned out by someone. Let's just put it that way. Where uh, I think they might end up getting what they want in the in the future. I just got a feeling, and I talked about this a little bit earlier in the show. I just got a feeling that in January, like, and I know you said that the way it was timed and everything, there might not be any realistic change but there are going to be some people who are going to be voicing their displeasure. I got a feeling that those meetings in January, a lot of um, venting will be done. A lot of frustrations will be heard. And I don't know if it's going to phase the association because they don't seem to care what you guys think. That's the way that, you know, a lot of these decisions are made. They do what they want anyway, but I got a feeling they're going to be hit by a lot of wrath from around the entire state. Yeah. You know, and hopefully we can, we can get a proposal in, in January where, you know, give the entire association, uh, you know, it's a principal organization. We'll let the principals vote on it. 
and whatever the outcomes, the outcome. But you know, the way this uh, executive committee can come in and just pass things in the middle of a season is, uh, I mean, it's mind-boggling to be honest with you. Where you know, and who knows what the power ranking, how that's going to work out. You know, if you're playing up, will you still get the two points, or or take that away from you? And you know, I think you'll still get it, but. We don't know if that's how how does how that's gonna happen, and it's uh it's crazy where you're gonna play a four uh, a 4A season, you're in four A, but then the playoffs come, you're gonna be at a, uh, in a five A group. Well, that's crazy. But then you know what also is crazy the fact that they released what they're gonna do, but didn't release whether or not the schools are gonna get the point. Like that, the fact that we're just left to guess is what's crazy. Yeah, and you know, I, maybe did. They thinking that they're not going to release that because nothing changes on it. That's what I'm leading to think. Well, if they didn't say anything, then it must be the same. Where you'll still get your power, your playing up points and all this stuff. But it's uh, it's still in the middle of the season. How you know it's it's just uh, you know it's, it's not fair. And uh, I haven't met anyone who who's in favor of this at all. And talking to a few people, and there, there's, and I'm sure you've been talking to a few. Yeah. I don't know of anyone that's in favor of this. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Uh, same here. Um, so let's talk a little college and pro uh, on college on the college side. Um, LSU looked better; they played okay. But what I'm going to ask you about is, man, wild day in the SEC, man. Uh, Alabama struggled and, and could have lost against Texas. That was surprising to me. What was less surprising to me was that Florida didn't play. Well, I actually picked Kentucky to win that one on Saturday. But the, maybe the biggest surprise of all, Jimbo Fisher, Team NIL, the team that was supposed to shake things up and change the way college football was played, they get their butts kicked by Appalachian State. Like, Appalachian State ran three times more plays as them, like outgained them by almost three times. That wasn't just a fluke, you know, hey, and them had some fumbles and some penalties lost. No, they just got their butts kicked. Man, what were your thoughts as you was watching a wild college Saturday? Yeah, you know, I was just sitting by watching some of these games. I was... Uh... <laughs> Like everybody else, I think surprised uh, with uh, A and M performance, and uh, I don't. Know, I just think Jimbo's kind of lost right now where he's at. He's um, he's losing. He might be losing that team already. I mean, it, it's crazy to say you weren't even thinking, but uh, yeah, it's it's a wild, uh, wild uh, Saturday. And you know, as I can bring up the Alabama game, the, uh, man, as Alabama fans. You, it's frustrating. These guys just can't tackle. It's every single time they're in position to make a play, they will not bring that the offensive guy down on you know the first tackle. They they miss tackles and they 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 did not play a very good game and they deserve to lose that game the way they played and they got they caught some breaks and they got a little lucky and you know it takes some luck throughout the season but. You count on luck this early in the season. It's uh, you know, you deserve to fall from number one to number two. So, so what's going on there? And I'll ask you about the Saints in a second. But look, last year Alabama made it all the way to the championship game, right? But look, let's be honest, they were not as good as they had been in years past. They could have lost to Auburn, who wasn't very good. They could have lost to LSU at home. LSU wasn't very good. And then they did play a great game against Georgia in the SEC championship game and hammered it, but then got beat pretty badly. Well, not badly, but you know, Georgia was the better team in the championship game. They weren't as great as they had been in years past. And now this year again, 
Even in the big win against Utah State, they're not running the ball as well. And then against Texas, quite frankly, if the quarterback doesn't get hurt, they might not win that game. Like, what's going on? Is it just like a down cycle? Is is Nick maybe losing his edge a little bit, perhaps? Well, it shouldn't be a down cycle. They're returning a lot of people yeah. from last year. And uh, yeah, I'm not sure what it is. If And, I mean, they're returning their coordinator, so it shouldn't be – uh, they should be hitting on all cylinders right now, and uh, and they're not. I, and look, many times last year I, we've spoken. I told you throughout the season I didn't find Alabama. It was either last year or the year before I did, as, were as good as people were saying they were because I'm still not convinced that their defense is one of the top. And because uh, they give up these big plays and these plays that should go for one or two yards or uh, one or two yard loss. They're letting people turn it into five and six, seven yard games, and uh, they get beat on the deep ball a good bit. And they just, uh, I don't know what's wrong with them, but they're not definitely not on all cylinders. Very quickly before I let you go, I know you got to get back to class. The Saints win 27 to 26 against Atlanta. Um, yeah, it's great to win, but boy, those first three quarters were bad. What were your thoughts, man? Were you more impressed with the comeback, or were you more troubled by the fact that they needed to come back from 16 down to begin with? I'm probably more impressed of how Atlanta can keep blowing these leads. <laughs> right, and right. It's just, uh, Saints got their butt uh, whooped yesterday. Uh, offense and defensive lines were just getting destroyed. That, that offensive line for the Saints, I mean, you couldn't run the ball much. Uh, they'd go to try and pass, and uh, they were getting uh, – Winston was getting, I mean, pressured constantly, and uh, they were just getting knocked back. And on the defensive side, Atlanta was taking it to them. They started running the football, and and I don't know what changed in that fourth quarter, but it seemed like Winston had a little bit more time to throw, especially in Atlanta knew they had to throw the ball, and these receivers were still wide open. So I, I don't know what happened on Atlanta's side if they changed the way they were playing some defense and, or whatever, but definitely the Saints got lucky, and – um, you know, you miss a field goal and you turn the ball over. And, you know, just lucky Atlanta turned it over a few times too. And it's, uh, They got to play much better if they're going to compete. Yeah, no doubt about that. Well, look, man, thanks so much for the time. We'll see you soon, buddy. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Have a good one. Yep, you too. That is Coach Brian Colley doing an excellent job as always. I think he's right about Alabama, dude. There's something going on there. Um, I don't know what it is. You know, I, I – I, at some point when you're 70 years old, maybe you don't coach as hard, right? And I'm not to say that he's washed up. That's not to say that, you know, Alabama's not going anywhere. And because, look, they're still number two in the country, and they still did win, right? But it, it's human nature when you're used to seeing them blow out everyone that they face. And then now, they play a lot of competitive games. Like, let, let, let's just go back, right? Week one was a blowout. Week two was competitive. So one out of two this year. The championship game they lost. So that's two out of three of their last three games that were very competitive. The SEC championship game, they blew them out. So that's two out of four. The Auburn game last year was very close. The LSU game was very close. Like you could, there are some opportunities now there where you could run with them. I don't know if it's schematically they're doing something different, maybe a little more predictable. I don't know if it's maybe hell just the other coaches around the country are catching up and are figuring out some things. I don't know. 
But I do agree with the pollsters. Georgia looked like the best team in the country so far, and I don't think that's debatable, really. They have been um, out of this world good. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we're getting some W's and L's, and we're figuring some things out in the world of college football. It's play-by-play on KLEB. The French Connection, the all-new Raging Cajun, 102.7 FM. It's Ram Power Days at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat in Homa. Not only can you get a great deal on a Ram, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks and vans. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business with Ram's long-lasting new pickups of their efficient new Ram work vans. Choosing the right one should be easy. Whether you need a truck for work or home life, the Ram will do its job. Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. When you order curbside pickup on the new Rouse's shopping app, you pay the same price for groceries as in-store. And you get free pickup on all orders $35 or more. Download the new Rouse's shopping app on the App Store or get it on Google Play. Place your order, choose your curbside pickup time, and your Rouse's Market's personal shopper will shop your order for you and load your groceries into your car. It's just that easy. Rouse's Market's feels like home. Pesky mosquitoes, gnats, and all kinds of South Louisiana bugs taking over your yard? Have no fear. Buzz Off is here to save your summer. Buzz Off is the only locally owned pest control company focusing on your outdoor living space. They use 100% organic ingredients, safe to all humans and pets. Check us out on Facebook or book your appointment today at buzzoffnow.com. Need our cedar beaters now? Call 985-333-8989 today to take your lawn back. Buzz Off Mosquito Control. Safe, effective, guaranteed. At Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation. to play by play hope everybody's enjoying their day let's get to our weekend w's and l's one of my favorite segments one of your favorite segments as well we kind of unofficially did a w's and l's segment in the nfl side so we're going to stick more to college in this um weekend w goes to um the city of baton rouge i was in baton rouge this past weekend um lsu beat southern decisively on the field but there were no winners nor losers uh whenever those two schools come together i mentioned on friday some of the racial aspects and some of the different reasons why this was of significance and those things remain in play. And then also when you're actually were there and you see the bands playing together and you're seeing, you know, they're making the two, two, five, you know, we love two, two, five thing. That's really cool. That's really awesome to see. And then another thing is that how about the, the Southern band? Um, they rehearsed and performed at halftime and they, in their formations, created the score of the game, which was 51 to nothing and half. And then I was figuring this out, and I was shooting the game uh, with, with Abby Lazard, uh, our coworker, and then also chatting with you know Jonah and some of my other band buddies, is that 
how'd they know what to do? So they knew and were in perfect formation for 51-0. Did they just rehearse every single number? Because like to make those formations, it takes tons and tons of practice. So how did they do that and pull it off in just like the blink of an eye, knowing what the score? Anyway, I could go on and on about that, but the city of Baton Rouge gets a W. It was amazing to see. It was, it was one, unbelievable, wonderful. Weekend L goes to Texas A&M. Boy, you love to see it. All offseason long. Oh, Texas A&M. Oh, they got NIL deals. Oh, they got the number one recruiting class. You know what else you still got? You still got Jimbo Fisher, who's a dummy. He's a dummy. And his first 50 games at A&M, he has a worse record than Kevin Sumlin, but for whatever reason, we don't hear about that. They're playing Haynes King at quarterback, who against Appalachian State on Saturday had 97 yards passing. A&M didn't just lose to Appalachian State on Saturday. They got dominated by Appalachian State on Saturday. Appalachian State got 22 first downs to their nine. Appalachian State had 41 minutes of possession compared to 18 for um, for Texas A&M. Uh, Appalachian State had 315 yards. A&M had 186. It was a beating. The Aggies have got to figure some things out because this is the problem. And remember, go back in the archives whenever Nick and... and and Jimbo were having their public beef over the summer. Go back in the archives, listen to what I had to say. I said A&M would be a team that would be selfish. Individuals playing for themselves and not for the program. And what are we seeing? A lack of fundamentals, guys trying to do too much, and a team that is a big, hot, stinky mess. You love to see it. LSU fans don't like Texas A&M. Alabama fans don't like Texas A&M. Florida fans don't like Texas A&M. The entire SEC doesn't like Texas A&M. And it is lovely to see them fall on their sword and lose 17-14 to to Appalachian State. They better figure some things out because if you're that bad offensively right now and you're about ready to play your conference schedule, you're in big, big trouble. Next weekend, W goes to Tennessee. Tennessee goes on the road and wins an overtime game against Pittsburgh, 34-27. to Big, big win for their crew out there. Um, Hinton Hooker, their quarterback, looked good. 300-plus yards, two touchdowns. Uh, big day from Cedric Tillman, wide receiver, 162 yards in the score. He played super well. Tennessee showing, hey, uh, they're if they're not back, they're on the verge of being back. They got a big win over Pittsburgh. Weekend L. Notre Dame, you get an L. Marcus Freeman, all offseason. We heard from South Bend on Twitter. The South Bend people were spamming the LSU people. Oh, you got Brian Kelly. He's a joke. He don't know how to win a big game. Marcus Freeman's young and energetic. He's going to lead our program to the top. Marcus Freeman is 0-3 as your head coach. 0-3. It would have taken Brian Kelly at the rate that he was winning at Notre Dame before he left 20-plus games to lose three times. Marcus Freeman pulled the trick in three games. He lost the bowl in the in the Fiesta Bowl. He lost to Ohio State. We gave him passes for all of those. You know what? Because guess what? He was playing good competition. I get that. Hey, stuff happens. <laughs> lost to Marshall. <laughs> Brian Kelly in his last two seasons at Notre Dame was 21-3, and three, and they weren't happy with that. Marcus Freeman is 0-3. 21-3? Eh? 0-3. Eh? Y'all still think that that's an even trade? 
Give me a break. It's not even close. LSU got the far better end of that. Weekend W goes to Jaden Daniels of the LSU football team. He played really well this past weekend, and there is no there is no quarterback competition in Baton Rouge because on the flip side to that, a weekend W goes to Garrett Nussmeyer. Daniels was 10 of 11, 137 yards passing, three touchdowns. He ran when he needed to. He threw when he needed to. Had an end zone position to watch him play. He is He's dynamic. He's got the fifth best QBR in all of college football through two games. He's very explosive. He could play. On the flip side to that, as soon as LSU removed him from the game, like literally the instant that they took him out of the game in the middle of the second quarter, the offense came to a screeching halt. Nussmeyer can't run the same way that Daniels can. Nussmeyer is not as accurate, and who would have thought? Because the knock on Daniels was, all, oh, bro, he's not accurate. He won't be able to throw. He's actually a better passer than Nussmeyer is, and Nussmeyer just doesn't care about the football enough. He threw the worst pick six that you'll ever see in a college football game on Saturday, rolling out. In the grass, going to the turf, just underhand, flips the ball up in the air, thinking he's throwing it away. Oh, yeah, there's a defender right there. The worst turnover that you ever see in a college football game turns into a pick six. <laughs> it doesn't matter when you're winning 100 to nothing, but if that would have been a conference game and it's 21 to 14, that flips the entire game. You can't make those mistakes. as one of two interceptions he threw in the game. There ain't no quarterback battle in Baton Rouge. Daniels is far and away better than Nussmeyer. Far, far and away better than Nussmeyer. Weekend W will be handed out to Georgia. Georgia's good, bro. Uh, I was wrong. I thought Georgia would take a little while. I thought that it, it would be a situation where, you know, they're trying to piece some things together and, you know, they're replacing a lot of guys. Nah, man. And look, I get it. They only beat Sanford. But week one, they didn't only beat Sanford. Georgia is, is going some places in a hurry. They're probably the best team in the country right now, again. Um, and they look they look head and shoulders above the rest. And L goes to Wisconsin. You can't lose to Washington State, bro. But on the flip side to that, a W goes to Cam Ward. Nichols fans will remember Cam Ward. He was the quarterback in Incarnate Word who transferred with his coach, but the Incarnate Word coach went to Washington State. He transferred with his coach out there. He's the starting quarterback. In his second game out in the Pac-12, he defeats Wisconsin on the road. So it just goes to show, you know, some of these F's, uh, FCS and Southland players, like in the right positions, they could do some special things. Ward leads his team on the road. Washington State, a program that had really been struggling, they go and beat Wisconsin 17 to 14, take care of business. Good on them. Now, we're going to give out some W's and L's in the NFL as well. Weekend W goes to Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette and the Buccaneers' offense is roaring. Tom Brady didn't play all that well on sun Sunday night. But when you got Fournette going 21 carries, 127 yards, six yards a, a pop, that changes the entire dynamic, bro. That uh, that makes them a different team. That makes them capable of doing a lot of different things. They could control the clock. They could protect their defense. Um, Tampa Bay's they're loaded to the gills. You guys don't need me to tell you that, but they're loaded to the gills. And now it goes to Trey Lance. I mentioned it earlier in the show. I don't get it. This guy's not better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, bro, he could run. Oh, bro, he's got a big arm. He's not accurate. He was 13 of 28 yesterday. He only wanted to uh, run. 13 carries, 54 yards. He's lowering his shoulder, not sliding. He's going to get killed. That's the reason why they kept Garoppolo on the roster. <laughs> but B, he's just not good enough. And I get it. It was wet. It was rainy. Whatever. But I saw him in the preseason at times, and it, these were the same issues that they were making. The Bears get a big win over a 49ers team that, frankly, just should be better than what they are. Weekend W, our guy from LSU. Our guy from LSU, how about him? We're giving a weekend W 
to Cade York on a weekend where kickers embarrassed themselves throughout the entire NFL Sunday slate. More about that in just a second. Cade York came up big, making the game winner, bombing a 58-yard field goal to lead the Cleveland Browns 26-24 past Baker Mayfield, who gets a weekend L just because, oh, bro, I'm going to get revenge. No, you ain't. You're going to lose to your old team without their starting quarterback that they replaced you with. That's embarrassing. York bombs the big field goal, 58-yarder in the top of the net, mind you. Sometimes, you know, 58-yarder just kind of skirts over the bottom bar. No, he made that joker into the top of the net. The Cleveland Browns get a two-point win. They're 1-0. Carolina is 0-1. Big, big win for that team going forward the rest of the way. Weekend L goes to just about every kicker besides for Kate York. New Orleans is an exception. New Orleans kicker, uh, he made a big one and, and helped win them the game. Uh, Lutz, but boy, how many mistakes did we see yesterday? Um, we saw a big miss in the Steelers game, and now the kicker did you know make up for it and make one in overtime. We saw the Bengals have errors and mistakes. We saw just time and time again the kickers run out onto the field and just shank, 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 shank. Like it was not a good day to be an NFL kicker, but. That's why special teams is as important as it is, because even at the professional levels, there's a definitive edge and advantage to be gained there. And uh, whew, rough, rough, rough day for them. Weekend W goes to Justin Jefferson. I didn't think we would see the day anytime soon where a non-quarterback would, M- would win MVP. There's a lot of juice and a lot of momentum for Justin Jefferson to be the MVP this season. He had nine catches, 184 yards, two touchdowns on 11 targets yesterday. He and Kirk Cousins have great chemistry. If you have great chemistry with Kirk Cousins, who's kind of erratic at times, you're really doing something right. Jefferson has a chance to have a a historic record-setting season for the Vikings. They get a 23-7 win. They were one of the lone NFC teams that looked impressive yesterday. They've got a new coach in there. You know, no more Mike Zimmer, who maybe wasn't the most popular, you know, maybe wasn't as much of a player's coach, whatever it may be. The Vikings get a big win and looked really, really good doing so. Weekend L goes to Dak Prescott and my Dallas Cowboys. There, People are going to blame the Cowboys' struggles in the next couple of weeks on the injury to Prescott. I got news for you. Prescott was playing like duty before the injury. He finished 14 of 29, 134 yards, no touchdowns, one interception. He's not accurate. I have said this throughout the entirety of his career. My fists are clenched as I'm getting angry talking about this. He's not accurate. Watch a Cowboys. Okay, the Cowboys, this is a great challenge to our listeners. The Cowboys are playing the Bengals Sunday, right? So even if you don't want to watch Dallas, it's a good opportunity to watch them play because they're facing everybody's boy, Joe Burrow, who, by the way, was was not good yesterday. And God bless him. We love him. He's, you know, LSU, first ballot Hall of Famer, should retire the jersey, give him a statue. You know, great NFL quarterback as well, but we got to call a spade a spade. Burrow was not good yesterday. A bunch of turnovers. Probably the reason why the Bengals didn't win that game was because of the lack of good play under center. But... They're going to be facing Dallas this coming week. Watch how many times Prescott throws. Well, never mind. Everything, everything that I'm just about to say is, is dumb because he's not going to be playing. So, But anyway, the challenge would be next time you watch the Cowboys or Prescott's in the lineup, watch how many times 
a receiver is having to turn because he's throwing it behind, having to dive because he's throwing it in front, having to jump, having to lunge because he's at his feet. He gets a lot of completions, yo. He does. But he's not accurate. Very rarely do you see him just clean hit a guy in stride. He hits the target a lot, just rarely on the bullseye. And that gives up yards, that causes drops, that causes a lot of tipped interceptions because guys are trying to catch the ball, they jump, and it hits their fingertips, it becomes intercepted. And then the Prescott lawyers will say, oh, bro, you should have caught it. No, the $100 million quarterback should have put it on the money is what should have happened. Cowboys lose 19-3. to There are some challenges, right? You got Michael Gallup who's out. You got James Washington who's out. Those are good receivers who are going to make a difference for Cooper Rush. But I don't think there's going to be a big difference the next month or so with Prescott out of the lineup with Rush in there. He won at Minnesota last year. I think Cowboy fans are going to be surprised at how little of a difference it is. I don't think Rush is going to be that good. I just think Prescott's not that good, and Rush is going to be at about that same level. There's not going to be a head and shoulders level difference. And that's a scary thought because you're paying that dude who's now injured $100-plus million over the length of his contract to just be, eh, I. And that's not good enough. That's our W's and L's. Boy, we've had a whole lot of fun today talking football. I can't wait. These Monday shows, I'm going to maybe schedule a couple of less coaches. Maybe we'll only have Coach Colley on on Mondays uh, because I want to break down what happened in the NFL and college, and I know that's what you guys want to hear about as well. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we're getting betting picks, and then we're getting out of Dodge here on KLEB. The French Connection, the all-new Raging Cajun, 102.7 FM. Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafouche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette. Plus, the river parishes too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply. 985-223-8807. Highway 311 in Homa. Did you or your loved ones go without this hurricane season? Well, this year, go with Industrial Power Systems, your only local power generation professional serving Lafourche for over 18 years. We offer sales, service, installation, and maintenance on all major brands of residential, commercial, industrial, and marine generators for the most trusted brands in the industry. Generac, Kohler, Briggs & Stratton, Cummins Onan, and many more. Industrial Power Systems. Power is our middle name. Call us today at 632-1692 or come see us on the back road in Galliano. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become a part of something bigger and join the team. We're currently hiring for drivers, warehousemen, riggers, crane operators, and forklift operators to work out of Port Fouchon. So apply now at danos.com or call 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne Building Materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dufresne Easy Buy? Come see us at dufresnelumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. 
We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the do-friend difference. Terrebonne General Health System, where medical science meets the art of caring, is committed to providing the latest advances in medical technology with a gentle caring touch. This is evident in our high-tech, high-touch approach to healthcare. As a trusted healthcare resource, we deliver both life-saving, compassionate inpatient services and life-changing preventive care, while also providing wellness needs and outreach throughout the Bayou region. To learn about how Terrebonne General is providing innovative healthcare solutions, visit tghealthsystem.com. Welcome back to Play by Play. One more segment to go. I've got betting picks to give to you all, and then we're getting out of here on what's been a really, really fun Monday show. These Monday shows are going to continue to be fun throughout the course of the NFL and college and high school seasons. Let's thank the Blue Boot Foundation, Southland Dodge and Homa, Industrial Power Systems for all your engine and generator needs. Ms. Power is our middle name. How about Dufresne Building Materials? Got you covered for all your roofing needs. Buzz Off, the only all-natural mosquito control professionals providing guaranteed results. Rouse's Markets feels like home. Golden Motors, where price is priority, proudly supporting South Lafouche Athletics and community youth sports organizations. Reminder, join us every Friday night for varsity high school football coverage. This Friday, South Lafouche hosting Central Lafouche, a big-time bataille, as they would say, down the bayou between the Tarpons and Trojans. Pre-game, 6.30, kickoff, 7 o'clock. Our broadcast is sponsored by Thibodeau Regional Medical Center, Joe Septic Contractors, Terrebonne General Medical Center, Southland Dodge, Rouse's Markets, South Lafouche Bank, Rev, Heather Hendricks, candidate for Lafouche Parish Judge Division A, 3T Oil, Lady of the Sea General Hospital, State Bank and Trust Company, Advanced Eye Institute, State Form Agent Ashley Barrios, Danos, Golden Motors, Dufresne Building Materials, and Tanner McGee for Judge Court of Appeals. Okay. Let's get our betting picks here, and then we'll close out the show. Um, the first one that I like tonight is going to be, I like the Astros minus a run and a half <clears throat> covering the run line against the Detroit Tigers. It's just two teams that are just night and day different. Houston is 90 and 50. Detroit is 54 and 86. So it's a, a 100 win team versus a, versus a 100 loss team. Um, Framber Valdez is throwing for Houston. He's got a 2.64 ERA. He's very, very good. Eduardo Rodriguez is throwing for Detroit. He ain't bad. The concern is going to be once Houston chases him out of the game, there just won't be a whole lot of meat left on that bone, and I think that the Astros are going to take advantage and are going to pounce accordingly um, against the Tigers team that's just just overmatched. Um, In the National League picture tonight, I like the Dodgers to win. Again, same situation, minus 1.5. Run line against the Arizona Diamondbacks. Tyler Anderson has been one of the great stories in baseball. He's 14-3. and three. He's got a 2.73 ERA. <clears throat> He's going against Ryan Nelson today of Arizona. I don't even know who that is. That's just like a triple-A form hand guy that they called up. Um, he was great in his, in, his one, in his seven innings so far this season. He hasn't allowed a run. Um, kid, you're facing a different animal today. You're facing a Dodgers lineup that's going to have a little tape on you now, a little bit of film on you. They're going to have studied. They're going to have done their research. And I think they're going to pounce accordingly. 
And Anderson's one start, he did shut out San Diego, but uh, come on now, um, two different leagues there. In the NFL, and I said this earlier in the show, but I'll repeat it again. I like Denver minus six and a half over Seattle tonight. Seattle's good at home. I just don't see how they're going to move the ball. Um, Geno Smith ain't any good. The Denver defense is very good. So I don't see Seattle scoring really at all. And then I see Russell Wilson just making enough plays with his new team and his new offense to where they'll win a clean, you know, 24 to 10 type of game. And don't think it'll be a complete massacre, but I just think that it'll be a situation where they'll do enough on the road to battle the crowd, to battle the elements and everything of the sort to get the job done. Thanks to everybody for listening. Thanks to Coach Butch Terrio. Thanks to Coach Brian Colley. Thanks to you all at home. It's been a wonderful show so far today. Uh, and we're going to be back tomorrow. Tomorrow we've got Stan Gravois. Uh, we've got BJ Young Wednesday. All our regulars are in position as we're getting ready for another high school week, another middle school week, another college week, another pro week. We've got it all coming your way. LSU's got a big one on Saturday. Nichols got a big one on Saturday. Tarpons and Trojans on Friday. Uh, the Saints are taking on Tampa on Sunday. If it's a local team, state team, a team that you care about, we're going to be breaking it down throughout the week and talking about them. So keep it on here. Excuse me, keep it right here on KLEB play-by-play every Monday through Friday, 1130 to 1. That's it for me today, y'all. Have a wonderful rest of the day. Stay safe on the roads. God bless you all. We'll be back tomorrow. Have a wonderful Monday, everybody. You're listening to KLEB, 1600 AM and K274 DE, 102.7 FM, Golden Meadow.